Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. A water bearer in India carried two large pots hung on each end of a pole borne across his neck as he walked the long distance from the stream to the master's house. One of the pots had cracks in it. The other was perfect and always was delivered with a full portion of water, while the cracked pot arrived only half full. Daily for years this went on, with the bear delivering only one and a half pots of water to his master's house. Of course, the perfect pot was proud of his accomplishments. But the cracked pot was ashamed of its own imperfections and miserable that it was able to accomplish only half what it had been made to do. After years of what it, what it perceived to be bitter failure, one day, while they were by the spring, the cracked pot spoke to the water bearer. I am ashamed of myself, and I want to apologize to you. Why, asked the water bearer, of what are you ashamed? These past years, I have only been able to deliver half my load because of these cracks in my side that caused the water to leak out all the way back to your master's house. Because of my flaws... You do all this work without getting the full value of your efforts, said the cracked pot. The water bearer felt sorry for the old cracked pot and compassionately said, As we return to the master's house, I want you to notice the beautiful flowers along the path. Indeed, as they went up the hill, the old cracked pot took notice of the sun's light on the beautiful blossoms on the side of the path, and this brought some cheer to him. But at the end of the trail, it felt sorry that it had leaked out half its load. And so again, the pot apologized to the bear for its failure. The bear said to the pot, Did you notice that there were flowers only on your side of the path and not on the other pot's side? That's because I have always known about your flaws and I turned it into good. I planted flower seeds on your side of the path. And every day we walked back from the stream, you watered them. For years, I have been able to pick beautiful flowers to decorate my master's table. Without your being just the way you are, he would not have such beauty gracing his home. We see ourselves and others so often just externally. We make judgments based on what we see. We appraise our own worth and other people's worth based on how we perceive their behavior. God doesn't appraise us this way. God doesn't measure our worth this way. Today we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 6 through 12. Verse 6 is where we left off last week. And before we get started, I will remind you again of some of the background. Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, a church he established and ministered in for nearly two years. And Paul dearly loved this fellowship, but they'd grown carnal. 
And you remember that 1 Corinthians was Paul's letter of correction to them. And not long after Paul had departed from the Corinthian fellowship, false teachers came in and began to discredit Paul. They attacked his character. They attacked his appearances, his appearance. They attacked his weaknesses. So Paul writes about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10. He says this of them, and they are speaking of him. They say, he says, for they say his letters are weighty and impressive and forceful and telling, but his personality and bodily presence are weak, and his speech and delivery are utterly contemptible, of no account. That's the accusers talking about Paul. Now, Paul must respond to these accusations not to protect his pride, but that the message that he delivered would not be discounted because of Paul's weaknesses. You see, this is not about Paul. It's about the message. And here's the problem. The Corinthian fellowship had forgotten how to live. And the criticisms of the false teachers had moved their focus from the life of Christ to the life of Paul, the externals of Paul. Let's look again at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. It says, For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts so as to beam forth the light for the glory, for the illumination of the knowledge of the majesty and glory of God, as it is manifest in the person and is revealed in the face of Jesus Christ the Messiah. Light reveals what darkness conceals. And we have the light of that illumination, of that knowledge, of the majesty and the glory of God within us. Now, without that light, without the light, we're in darkness. And the blindness of flesh keeps us from seeing God's supremacy and his glory through Christ. Paul is telling you how the Christian is supposed to see with eyes of faith. In verse 5, he tells us that apart from this illumination, we're blind. Apart from this illumination, we're blind to the knowing, to the knowledge, to the intimate embrace of his life that the child of God enjoys. Now notice, where does that light come from? Where does it show forth? From our hearts. This is the heart that God has given to us to who believe. This is the heart of the new covenant creation. This is not the physical heart. This is the heart, the spiritual heart of the believer. You see, it's not an external vision of Christ. It's an internal vision of Christ. It's not an external ability to see. It is an internal ability to see based on the enlightened heart. The heart that you have within you. It's an internal organ that illumines and empowers the ministry of Christ through us. In other words, apart from this illumination, apart, of, apart from what he has placed in you as life, you would not be able to see the glory of God through Christ Jesus. And you know what that means? You can't see Christ because Christ is the glory of the Father. You won't see him for who he is. Pharisees didn't. The, many of the Jews didn't. Many of the Gentiles didn't. Look at our text, verse 7. We'll begin there. Paul continues. You can tell, it begins with, however, at least in my translation does, however, 
We possess this precious treasure, the divine light of the gospel, in frail human vessels of earth. And the grandeur and exceeding greatness, that the grandeur and exceeding greatness of the power may be shown to be from God and not from ourselves. What treasure is he talking about? Well, you just read it in verse 6, or I read it to you. The treasure that is now shining in our hearts in the person of Christ whose face and presence is a revelation and an illumination of the knowledge of the majesty of the glory of God. That's the treasure. Now, here's, I want you to look at that verse, verse 7. I don't know if your translation says it this way, but if it does, underline it. It says, we possess, we possess this treasure. Now, first of all, who is the we? It's us. It's the new creation. It's the, it is the child of God. It says, we possess present tense. How do we possess? Simple. He is our life. We possess. He possesses us and we possess him. Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. In him, I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live. But Christ the Messiah lives in me. I possess his life. And the life that I now live, by virtue of his being my life, I live, how do I live it? By faith. By faith in, by adherence to, and reliance on, and complete trust in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. You see, as a new creation, understand this, there is no you apart from him. You understand that? The enemy is constantly trying to make you bite off on that. But as a new creation, there is no you apart from him. You don't exist apart from him. You possess his life as your treasure and your life. You don't have to acquire it. You don't have to change. You don't have to create it. You just have to believe. We live by faith. Faith is the way we live. And a Christian lives how? From the inside out out. That's how we live. Because our life is contained in vessels of clay. But our life is not a vessel of clay. We live from the inside out. This great treasure is within vessels of baked earth. Now most of us are aware how the ancient people used to use clay pottery. They used it for most of everything. And it was disposable Obviously, it was very easily broken. It was used for carting stuff, hauling stuff off, even for writing, all manner of things. Romans 9 tells us that some, was, some are for honorable use and some for dishonorable use. What the vessel that Paul's talking about is a vessel that was created for common use. It is the most are the least valuable of clay pots, if there could be such a category. And because it is a vessel of such common use, it's a vessel whose value was in its contents. Its value was in its contents, not in itself. What can be seen of the vessels of earth is not worth consideration, but what it contains is priceless. Why? Why would God put such a priceless treasure in weak, common vessels? Because what is within must transcend what is without. Paul explains it. 
that the grandeur and exceeding greatness of the power may be shown to be from God and not from ourselves. Power is revealed in weakness. God will reveal the power within through the weakness without. God will reveal the power within through the weakness without. You wonder why life is constantly battering you. You wonder why it seems like just about the time you got a smooth road, there's this huge rock in the middle of it. What is the reason that life keeps presenting all of these obstacles and problems and difficulties? Because they wear on the vessel and expose the contents within. Our strength is not in this. Our lives is not in this. Power is revealed in weakness. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, again. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will boast about my weakness, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Just as the story I read to you at the beginning, the cracks reveal the contents. They pour out the nurture of all that God counts beautiful. Paul would tell those who criticized him, he said, he would say, you're absolutely right. I am weak. I'm weak in all those things. You don't see Paul defending himself in that. He, he basically says, I will not seek to lift up this bit of baked earth for some sense of glory. So what you're saying about me is absolutely true. And you know what? I would rather point to what the cracks reveal. I would rather point to what the cracks reveal. In your critique, you have listed my qualification to be a minister for Christ. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. How are you qualified? You're qualified because you, apart from Christ, can't do it. How is a branch an effective branch? By allowing the life to flow through, that the life may bring forth fruit. That the branch bears. That's it. Oftentimes you'll hear people disqualify themselves for any kind of, anytime anybody approaches them about ministering or talking or, or, or coming and, and giving a testimony or whatever. And they're self-effacing. Well, that's all fine until you realize that that self died. And we don't want to hear you anyway. <laughs> that sounds rude, but that's the truth of it. I hope you didn't come to hear me. I got nothing. It's Jesus. And as that crack reveals the contents, we are blessed. And you know what? We need to see strength and weakness because the world is constantly saying strength is in flesh. Strength is in what you've got. Strength is what you can call your own. You'll be strong when you get that degree. You'll be strong when you're earning this much money. You'll be strong when you have this mate. You'll be strong when you do this or that or the other. In those cases, you will have a life. You hear people say, I've got no life. The problem is how they're interpreting life. They want life in that baked clay. It's like that uh, alabaster jar that Mary broke in the presence of Jesus. No one in the room knew the worth of that thing until it was broken. And then everybody knew. Everybody was blessed. Everybody was touched by it. Some misinterpreted, but it was the cracks. Let's look at verses 8 and 9. We are hedged in, pressed on every side, troubled and oppressed in every way, but not cramped or crushed. We suffer embarrassment and are perplexed and unable to find a way out, but not 
driven to despair. We are pursued, persecuted, and hard-driven, but not deserted to stand alone. We are struck down to the ground, but never struck out and destroyed. Pressed, the word picture there is of a wine press where they squeeze the grapes so that the, the juice would come out. And we've talked about that before. We are made to express Jesus. Why? Because when you are squeezed, what is within your, now hear me, what is within your soul? You listening? Your soul will come out. That's why Paul says in Ephesians, be constantly filled with the Spirit. What do you think he wants to see expressed? The Spirit. If your soul is full of anger and selfishness, if it's full of judgments and curses, then that's what you'll express when you're squeezed. Do you blame the circumstances or the person who squeezed you for what came out? Many people do. You choose what you will fill your soul with. Paul is being squeezed and the ministry of Christ is coming out. Look at verses 8 and 9 again. I want you to see it from a different perspective. Verse 8. We are hedged in, pressed on every side, troubled and oppressed in every way. This is our external weakness. But not cramped or crushed because we have internal strength. We suffer embarrassments and are perplexed and unable to find a way out because of our external weakness, but not driven to its despair because of our internal strength. We are pursued, persecuted, and hard-driven, and that's our external weakness. But not deserted to stand alone, that is our internal strength. We are struck down to the ground, that's our external weakness, but never struck out and destroyed because of our internal strength. Now, wait a minute. Never destroyed? I'm pretty sure Paul was beheaded at some point, wasn't he? No, the earthen vessel that he wore was destroyed. But that vessel, as is yours, was destined for destruction. Paul is eternal. Nothing they could say about or do to the earthen vessel would diminish, touch, or diminish the glory it contained. That is true of you too. The treasure it contains is indestructible and eternal. It is gloriously loved and blessed and will forever behold the face of Christ. That is true of you. All that Paul describes in verses 8 and 9 are present tense, which means this is constantly going on. Ongoing. Yet he continues. Sometimes he's perplexed, which means he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't understand what God may be doing. He's, he does not know the way out. Now that should speak to us thinkers who think we have a right to know and understand everything God puts us through, right? We're constantly complaining at God because we don't understand. Oh, come on. I know I'm not the only one. Constantly asking God to explain himself. Well, in truth, what we're crying out for is for God to prove is worthy, he is worthy of our trust. That's what we're crying out for. Show me. Show me, Lord. Show me so I can trust you. Well, Paul lived out of his union life, so life was not confined to his circumstances. The wonder of Christ, life within, was his focus, especially when he didn't know. Now, you get the picture here. How is Paul living this life? 
It says right there that he suffered and things came against him, that not everything ironed out. People will get this vision of these early Christians that, you know, everything, because they were doing exactly what God wanted them to do, because they were walking in the will of God, that the, the path was smooth, right? Everything worked out, right? I mean, I hear that kind of thing all the time. You know, the reason you're having so much difficulty is you're outside the will of God. Well, tell Jesus, tell Paul. Tell Peter, they had difficulty because they were in the will of God. They were walking in the plan of God, but their idea of being blessed, kept, carried, and provided for had nothing to do with their circumstances. You know, all the things that we celebrate in Advent, his peace, his joy, all of these things that we've talked about, every one of them is known in the presence of God. None of them is known apart from God. These are the things that we treasure. They are the fruit of the Spirit, and they can only be known spiritually. No matter how man seeks to define it according to the flesh, it is not a flesh fruit. It's a spiritual fruit. So, as Paul is walking down this path with all of these difficulties and falling here and being uh, beaten there and and being lost here and all this. You don't think that at the center of all of that in his soul there's not questions? You don't think why never came up in his soul? You don't think there was a bit of a struggle? I guarantee you there was. I can hear him say, really God? Again? Can't you? Oh, I know, but you can't say that about Paul. Well, that's my experience. Is it yours? And you know what? Here's the thing. We're going to get to it over and over again. At each point where these things come against him, he has to make a choice. It cannot be reasoned out in his circumstance. It cannot be uh, figured out in logic. It must be embraced by faith. I am where I am by the will of God and my blessing is in Christ alone. And He is the reason I am walking upright. He is the reason I am in the ministry. He is the one who makes me live life. He's the one that keeps me going forward. I don't understand it. I don't particularly enjoy getting beaten. It's not my goal. But it's not worth comparing to the revelation of Christ that I have received by continually choosing in faith to go forward. It's not worth it. That's where Paul is at. Let the critics criticize. You can call me ugly. You can call me poor spoken. You can say I'm in it for myself. You can do whatever you want to do. You can say whatever you want to say. But let me tell you where this message comes from. Not from this jar of clay that you're pointing at, that you're critical of. It comes from literally from the glory of the manifestation of God Himself through Jesus Christ, who is at the center of my heart. That's the ministry. He kept the wonder of Christ in His focus. In verse 6, Paul says, We have a knowledge And really what he's speaking of is an intimacy with the majesty and the glory of God as it is revealed in Christ. And what more do you need? He's not talking about, I got this figured out. I went to seminary and I know it. I've got it memorized. I can do the Greek and the Hebrew. I've got it all worked. He's not talking about that at all. In fact, he counted all that as rubbish. What he is talking about is what I have within me is 
Christ's intimacy with me. Now, this is an intimacy that connects me. It is really my life. So, I don't feel things apart from Christ. I don't endure things apart from Christ. And what's more, I don't know things apart from Christ. Everything I know, I know by virtue of his life within me. You know, have you ever, I know you have, you've had the experience where you've read through scripture over and over again and not known it. Yeah, well, you know, we don't teach that that happens, but it happens. And they don't know it, but you know what? When the Spirit of God takes the Word of God and writes it upon your heart through an experience, you know it. And you can't just say, oh, I just know it here. You know Jesus. Do you know Him just here? No, you don't, if you really know Him. He doesn't want to be known intellectually. You don't have the capacity to know Him that way. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road, and Blanco Woods, just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006.